Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, the church of a distant Christian. The subject has been the power of the altar. So this morning, we're going to look more or much more intently on societal influence of authors. Societal influence of authors. Of course, we will start by reiterating a few of the things I have reflected in that regard in the past. So, essentially, authors represent the spiritual control center of any society. Altar represents the spiritual control center of any society. In other words, the altar is a place where men and spirits meet for interaction. The altar represents spiritually the official meeting place between divinity and humanity. So, again put differently, the altar is a spiritual seat of government. The altar is a spiritual seat of government. Government politically always has their secretariat, the headquarter, where official activity of government takes place. So, in the same way, depending on the limits of the territory or the influence of an altar, and that is why when there are issues in home where they have high regard for their altar, there are issues to resolve. It could be matrimonial. Maybe there are issues between husband and, uh, and wife. And they want absolute truth to be told. Okay? They will take the couple to the shrine. Come and swear at the shrine. Praise the name of the Lord. Why? Because it represents the spiritual seat of government of that family. In fact, they, they have a higher regard for, for the altar, for the shrine, more than they are for the throne of the king. The priest in the altar, okay, give instruction to the king. So the king take instruction from the priest. So politically or traditionally, you have the throne of the king, okay, but spiritually, where the power actually lies is in the shrine where you have the altar. So the altar is the place where men and spirit meet for fellowship, interaction, communion, and uh, much more. It is the it is the spiritual seat of government. So the altar that is therefore allowed to dominate the environment will colonize the spiritual atmosphere. So, the altar that is allowed to dominate a territory will colonize the spiritual atmosphere and it will dictate the social spiritual system of that society. 
In fact, beyond that, it will control even the economy. So the altar that is dominant in a territory, in a neighborhood, in an environment, in an enclave, will colonize the spiritual atmosphere. So whatever happens spiritually, okay, must defer to the dominant altar. And in the physical, it will dictate the social, spiritual, and even the economic system of that society. We are looking at societal influence of altars. Uh, our scriptural bearing has been First King 18. So we are still going back to that scripture. We, are, we saw the days of Ahab and Jezebel. And we learned in the previous study that the first thing that Jezebel did to have the physical control or to strengthen the influence, the physical influence of his husband Ahab was to first and foremost relegate the altar of the Lord. So, in their day, when the altar of the Lord was relegated, and the altar of Baal was elevated. The prophet of the Lord went into hiding. Because he has, he has seized the spiritual control of the environment. The spiritual control of that particular society. So there is not much the prophet of the Lord can do than to go into hiding. So somebody will begin to wonder, why are the prophets of the Lord so passive, okay? Why is it that uh, everything that is wrong, okay? The people who know that these things are wrong, everybody is just tagging, uh, you know, tagging along. They will tag along because there is an altar that has been elevated, and that altar has gained dominance and has now colonized the society. So when you live in the society, whereby evil is gaining ascendancy. Everybody knows and everybody is talking that this thing is wrong, but it's like virtually the people are helpless about the matter. Go and check it properly. There is an influence of an evil altar that has gained dominance. Are we together? You look into your culture, okay? Virtually everybody knows that there's a particular trait, a particular kind of uh, habit, a particular kind of tradition. That this tradition is absurd. Okay? But everybody just kill behind it and they are doing it. So, that time in the day of Ahab and Jezebel, when the altar of the Lord was relegated and the altar of Baal, Baal was elevated, all that the prophets of the Lord could do was to go into hiding. Only Elijah was bold enough to sow his face. But eventually, what became of him too? He ran away. Only Elijah was bold enough to sow his face and Obadiah too. But in the case of Obadiah, he could not frontally confront the evil. He was using this diplomacy to support 100 prophets of the Lord. Let's look at 1 Kings 18. I read 
from verse 1 to 4. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go seal thyself unto him, and I will send rain upon the earth. You know, earlier in chapter 17, he has seen the evil going on in the land, and he has come up to, to protest spiritually by declaring that heaven will cease from giving rain. Okay, but that was not enough, okay, to take the throne away from Ahab and uh, Jezebel. Why? The altar of the Lord had been uh, relegated. It was on his coming back okay, that he now did the right thing by rebuilding the altar. Are we together? All the spiritual protests of stopping rain could not stop Ahab and uh, Jezebel. That's true. And Elijah went to see himself unto Ahab, and there was some farmer in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. But the, the, the influence of his righteous living could not spread. Hello? The influence of Obadiah who feared the Lord was not popular. Why? Because the altar that should support that has been relegated. Are we together? So all he could do was to be struggling under and be doing it under. Okay? One one why? Because the altar of evil has gained dominance. Therefore, it has colonized the spiritual atmosphere. And that tells the parable of our society today. And until we make the altar of righteousness dominant, we may not be able to do much to stop the evil that is gaining ascendancy in our days. For it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophet of the Lord that Obadiah took an hundred prophets and healed them by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. We thank God for Obadiah. But he could not do more than that. Why? Because the altar that should support him has been relegated. And you will take note that even after the altar of the Lord has been repaired, the altar of Baal still protested in chapter 19. Whereby Jezebel came up again. I said, who is that person that has the audacity to kill the prophet of Baal? Because all that happened on Mount Carmel happened outside our knowledge. Are we together? She never knew that her power has changed hand. And so, the, the evil influence, she tarried. And she came up and said, by this time tomorrow, that person that has the audacity to undo what we have been doing from the altar of Baal will be killed. And what did Prophet Elijah did? He ran away again. God will put a permanent end to the influence of evil altar that has been controlling our society in the wrong direction and have been compelling people to do their ungodly things in the name of Jesus. Now, 
why was it possible for Jezebel to rear her ugly head again? It is because the people are here to withdraw their submission to the demon that has been in charge. Hello? So, except the people withdraw their submission, the demons will continue to make spiritual legal claims. First King 19 and he, and he have told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and whether how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, So let the God do to me and more also. If I make not the life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, we belong to Judah, and left his servant there. So, from here, you can begin to understand why it is not difficult for government to approve duty of centers of immoral practices. Hello? But when you want to approve a place whereby you want to you know, contribute to social rehabilitation of people that have been given to immoral practices, it is a lot, you go through a lot of uh, difficulties. You will now begin to see why people control and worry about proliferation of churches, and they don't, they, they are not bothered about proliferation of uh, beer parlors. A community where everybody will stand up against building a church. Okay, somebody will come in and uh, put a shop where they are they are selling alcohol and some other thing that will not help the youth, and nobody will complain. Let's scale it down to the society of the youth. When a particular slang go viral, please, before you join them, first query the author that is manipulating the mind of the people to embrace it. When a particular kind of costume, a particular kind of method or way of dressing, they are caught go viral and everybody is doing it. First query the author that is manipulating the mind of the people to embrace it. Because the altar is the spiritual seat of government that dictates tradition, culture, and trends. Take for example in recent times I know of the Nigerian youth Maybe it has gone global. The Nigerian youth started promoting slangs that encourage them to be socially irresponsible. Such as, education is a scam. Such as, magborn. Disobey. Bayege. Shika. Daju. Marini, Kala, 
Sapa. You know, and everybody feels like if you don't belong to that group, then you are out of uh, uh, social recognition. So and all youth are just queen and clean after that. So the potency of an altar is determined by the devotion or level of consecration of its devotees. So I'm beginning to tell you why it is so. So whereas revival is going down in the church, whereas apostasy is creeping into the church. Whereas Christian youth are becoming lukewarm. Christian youth are becoming less fervent in the spirit. Christian youth no longer have time for prayer. They no longer have time for Bible study. They no longer have time for all night uh, uh, prayer meeting. The devotion of the Christian is going down. And as a result of that, the kind of atmosphere of godliness that you expect to see as it were in the past that our father always tell us the story okay, is becoming obviously absent today. It is so because the devotion to the altar of God is going down. Why? The potency of an altar is determined by the devotion or level of consecration of the devotees. So, Christian, you spend more time on Instagram. In fact, even when they come to church and they carry their device, don't be deceived to think they are reading Bible. They are doing something else in the church. the influence of authors is sustained by the right persons offering the right sacrifice in the right order. That's why in the Awo Palace Compromise, maintain their efficiency. So we are asking, we don't see much of the power of God as we ought to see. We can't see much of the power of God as we want to see because there is too much compromise on our side. So all tasks are sustained by the right persons, offering the right sacrifices in the right order. So, as believers, to exercise dominion over any territory, 
we must recognize the principle of raising altars for God. Where acceptable sacrifices of prayer and praises regularly goes up to God. The patriarchs of our faith understood this principle of raising new altar whenever they enter a new land. And I will read out example for you from the scripture. Starting from Cain and Abel. Hallelujah. Though the word altar was not mentioned when in Genesis chapter 4 verse 3 and 4 Abel and Cain went and made a, a sacrifice. Chapter 4 verse 3 And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel also brought of the firstling of his flock and of the father of and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his uh, offspring. Can you see the issue of the devotion? So what gave Abel an edge okay, was the quality of his sacrifice. So you can claim to have an altar but when you offer poor sacrifice it may still not produce the desired effect. Are we together? We have noted the case of Noah who was the first person to be mentioned specifically to have raised an altar and that happened after the flood. Genesis 8 uh, 20. Afterward Abraham raised several altars. Abraham raised several altars. Genesis 12. Let me read from verse 5. And Abraham took Sarai his wife from here, he just disengaged from an altar. God called him out from worshipping the idol of his father's uh, house. In chapter 11, you know how he came out. How God called him out from his father's house. And God said, I'm taking you to a new, a new land. Immediately, he stepped out. He disengaged from an altar. But he didn't leave himself empty. He has to raise another altar. So, you can't disengage from the altar of Baal and not submit to the altar of the Lord, okay, and be able to get your bearing in life. A lot of people, they don't want to serve the idol of their forefathers, but the Christianity they say they embrace, they are not well devoted to it. So, when the demons of the altar of their father's house, you know, raise their ugly head, it will have effect over them. And Abraham took Sarah his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their substance that they had gathered and the soul that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And to the land of Canaan they came. And Abraham passed through the land unto the place of Sichem, unto the plain of Mori. And the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, and said, and said unto thy seed, Will I give this land? And there builded he an altar 
unto the Lord who appeared unto him. You read a lot. Unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Verse 26. Okay, I mean, chapter 26. And the Lord appeared unto him in the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Now we have moved from Abraham to Isaac now. In chapter 26, verse 24, the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee and will bless thee and multiply this, thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. Now, verse 25, how did he respond? That is Isaac now. And he builded an altar there. Hello. Now you have left your parents. Okay? You are now in the university. You have left your parents. You have relocated to a new city where you now have your own job and you are trying to build your own family. Have you raised your own altar? Are we together? Even though God told Isaac, I will bless you for your father Abraham's sake. The way he responded was to start his own altar. Am I talking to somebody? And he builded an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there, Isaac's servant digged a well. Now, in, in, this, in, in, in this chapter 20, uh, chapter 26, you read about the economic prosperity of Isaac, even in the year of uh, famine. All that did not happen outside him building an altar. And that's why I said, the altar that has the greatest uh, control will colonize the spiritual atmosphere, will colonize the social atmosphere, will colonize the economic uh, atmosphere. And on all sides, we see people who are the devotees of that altar. They are the ones that is every, they are everywhere succeeding. Are we together? So Isaac could not settle down to enjoy his blessing until when he built an altar to the Lord. So he will dig one well, they will fight over it and take it from him. He will dig another well, they will fight over it and take it from him. He will dig another one, they will fight over it and take it from him. But at a particular point, he raised an altar. And immediately after raising that altar, go and check it properly. All the walls around him were no more. Then, we move from Isaac to Jacob. That he was traveling to a land where he was also trusting God he would be established. Then he slept in the jungle. The angels were descending and descending in Belted. The reason this happened is because that was the geographical region of an ancient altar built by his grandfather Abraham in chapter 12. Genesis 12, 8. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel. And pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west, and I on the east. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord, and called upon the name of the Lord. So, 
Jacob, by divine providence, rediscover the region where the altar his grandfather Abraham built was located. Adverted. He rebuilt it and he remained connected to it. Genesis 35 from verse 1. And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there and make there an altar unto God that appear unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garment and let all arise and go to Bethel and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the days of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. Devotion. Devotion. So the efficiency, the efficacy of an altar is determined by the level of devotion of the devotees and how much sacrifice they offer regularly on that altar. Gideon in the day of the judges chapter 6 verse 24 then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom you know what Gideon what is the experience of Israelite why in the days of Gideon it was an experience of war a war in which the victories has been determined in favor of their enemy. So they don't have rest. Gideon went into hiding and he was stressing, he was stressing corn. Then an angel appeared to him. You know the rest of the story. Then he builded an altar. And what did he call the name of the altar? Jehovah Shalom, God of peace. And what happened after Gideon went to war? Okay, he gained victory and he had peace. So he determined what they wanted from that altar. Unto this day, it is yet an offer of the Abrasite. Verse 25. And it came to pass the same night that God said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father had, and call that the groove that is by it. And build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this row in the other place and take the second block and offer a bond sacrifice with the wood of the group with us a cord down. Then let's move to the kings. King David. First Chronicle 21. David was on the throne. But evil was happening in the land. How will he stop the evil that was happening in the land? What he did was to raise an altar. And David built there an altar, 1 Chronicles 21, verse 26, unto the Lord, and offer burnt offerings and peace offerings, and call upon the Lord. And he answered him from heaven by fire upon the altar of burnt offering. Hello. Now, one of the problems we we also encounter today. Okay, it's not that we don't have altars, and it does, it's not that we don't pray on the altar, but some of us we don't put sacrifices. We don't have sacrifices. In this place, David did not just uh, pray 
the scripture mentioned that he offered what? Sacrifices. In fact, the land upon which he built this particular altar, somebody wanted to donate it. And then David said, no, I won't give unto the Lord that which does not cost me anything. That sacrifice. And he answered him from heaven by fire upon the altar of burnt offering. What happened? The plague that was troubling the land ceased. So, if you're a prayer warrior and you don't give offering, you will still discover that the uh, the efficiency of your prayer may not be as outstanding as it ought to be. Hello? So you can't use prayer to substitute uh, giving. You can't use giving to substitute for prayer. Are we together? Am I talking to somebody? Also take note that most altars are arranged after a personal encounter or a spectacular miracle to preserve the memory of the experience they had with God. Besides raising an altar to achieve a purpose, altars can also be raised after a personal encounter or after you have experienced a spectacular miracle and you want to preserve the memory of that experience that you had with God. So, which means altars also sustain miracles. You have a breakthrough. Okay? And you don't want that breakthrough to be short-lived. Raise an altar. However, essentially, one of the other things you must do to maintain the efficiency of your altar is to recognize the sacredness of the altar of the Lord. So next week, we are going to go into how to preserve the sacredness of the altar of the Lord. Father, this is how much we have gained and received help today. We ask, O Lord, that these words will translate into a power that will back our life. And no devil, no demon, no evil influence will be able to mess up with us in the name of Jesus. Thank you because these people will be men of power, men of great influence, men of positive dominance in their niche, in their territory of influence in the name of Jesus. Are you a teacher? You will be top ranking. Are you a business person? You will be top ranking. Your brand will not take the back seat. What we have considered is the societal influence of altar. Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, you have been a leading light. Every member here in your enclave, in your jurisdiction, you come to be a touch bearer. Best setter. Because this altar will become stronger to back your life. And nobody will be able to push you to the back. In the name of Jesus. Thank you Lord for answer prayer. In Jesus mighty name we pray.
We believe you'll be blessed by the ministry of this message. You will do well to be the doer of all you've heard. For further inquiry and spiritual help, contact this number 08035685882 or worship with us at Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, Adjacent University of Ilorin, Teaching Hospital, Okiose Ilorin. God bless you.